And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. What is up, gang? Thanks for joining me here on this uh, wonderful Monday morning, October 28th. It's 7.15 in the a.m., Eastern Standard Time. I appreciate you joining me here. We've got uh, oh, we got some stuff lined up, you know. I mean, it's nothing special. You know, here I am trying to sell this episode. Like, you got to stick around. I'm like, you know what? You can stick around or don't. Um, it's not like I have advertising or sponsor revenue that I have to keep coming in or anything like that. So I would love it if you would stick around. But, you know, you got something else to do. Uh, what will you miss? I don't know. You'll miss some stuff. You know what an episode year is like. There's not going to be a whole lot of surprises. There's going to be some good stuff for sure. There's going to be some stuff where you're like, God, I wish this podcast app just had a fast forward 90 seconds button or something like that. You know, I, I realize clearly. So you might be looking for that right now. I'm going to give you a, a quick recap on my weekend here. So buckle in. You're in for a wild ride. Now, this isn't going to be a wild ride in the sense of like the kind of uh, like maybe the plot for a hangover movie or anything like that. But nonetheless, this is a Darren level wild ride, which means in the uh, in the retirement home when I'm there in what feels like five years, uh, boy, I will wow everybody with these stories. Let me tell you. So it, it all came about because of a party we were hosting here for a friend uh, that was on Saturday night. This was a wild party on the order of nine people. Yeah, it's a big event for me. I told my wife on Sunday, I'm like, I'm good for about one of those a year. <laughs> so <laughs> thankfully, uh, we, and this was uh, by request of this friend who uh, was having the birthday. She wanted to do it here. She wanted to have a fire pit night in our backyard. We're like, cool, you know what? We've got this kick-ass house, which is great for hosting parties. We never host anything, so awesome. Let's do it. And after that, yeah, about one of those a year is what I'm good for. So we were going through the day. We were getting ready for stuff, which involved uh, my wife cleaning and cooking and me trying to stay out of her way for the most part. A little bit here, run a vacuum here, straighten up a bathroom here. So, like, you know, I think rightfully she only trusts me with so much of that stuff because she knows – if I ask him to clean a bathroom, I'm going to have to go in after him and actually do it the right way. So, you know, there's certainly some of that. But anyway, so we we're going through the day. And one of the things that she wanted to do was get the lights outside because we have these um, holiday, uh, and they're like Christmas lights, but they're Halloween colored out back around the fire pit. So she wanted to get those set up. And so she goes and she's like, they aren't working uh, I'm like, huh, that's weird. Cause they've been working before. She just wanted to test them and like, they're not working and that's weird. Okay. So I looked and they were plugged into the thing in the wall. And then this is some wiring that I did for the deck, um, last year where I took an electrical line off of that outlet and ran it in a conduit up the wall to a switch. And then the further up it's in some additional conduit to another outlet that I installed on the wall. Uh, and that's to control our overhead lights and the switches for the ceiling fans out back. So uh, all that was new, and none of that was working either. So I'm like, okay, so something in that box probably got disconnected somehow, which seems kind of weird. Um, and I've been having this weird thing also where a couple times when I've used the microwave recently, the circuit breaker for the microwave is tripped. I'm like, that's weird. Well, I know that that thing isn't on the same circuit, but what is it on? I don't know, outside plug. So I go into the electrical panel. I'm in there, and right now I can already hear everybody's eyes rolling collectively like, oh, God, he's going to take 18 minutes to tell this story, and it's going to end up the same way his stories always end up with some example of him being a moron. 
You're correct. You're correct. Spoiler alert. You are right. Um, but you know what? I don't apologize for it because I think everybody here could stand to have a little laugh at my expense. So let's go along for the ride. Now that you know how it ends, let's see how we get there. So I'm in the electrical panel. I'm looking around and, you know, the panel is pretty loaded. Uh, I think it's a, it might be a 300 amp panel. I mean, there's a lot of breakers in there and they're all labeled in big fat Sharpie, which means it's kind of hard to read because somebody didn't have the greatest handwriting. So I'm like, uh, I think that says M bath, but it might also say bread. I'm not sure. You know, it was one of those kind of things. And so I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Not that, not that, not that. I'm looking for anything that looks tripped. Nothing looks tripped. So I'm like, huh, weird. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, you know, because I've done a lot of electrical work uh, in a past life. By in a past life, I mean about 15 years ago, I rewired 70% of my house that I was living in. So I'm no stranger to electrical work. That being said, it's been a while. I'm a little rusty. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm like, well, I know that that plug on the outside, it's gotta be on a GFI circuit, a ground fault interrupt circuit, because anything that could potentially be exposed to water, be it outside or in a kitchen or in a bathroom has to be on a GFI circuit. That's code. So I'm looking around like, well, it's gotta be something that's labeled GFI. Okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, and then all of a sudden I look around, I'm like, you know what? I need to find something because that's clearly that that plug is not on its own circuit. There's something else that's on there. Well, you know what? Just inside that door going outside, just inside there, there's a uh, an outlet that we usually plug the vacuum into. I'm like, I bet that's probably on the same circuit. So I take my little electrical tester. I plug it in there and it lights up just fine. I'm like, damn it. Okay. Well, I wonder if it's something in the garage. So on the other side of that wall, there's another plug in the garage. I'm like, all right, cool. So, you know, it seems like this was probably going to be on the same circuit as the other thing. So I'm probably screwed. Plug in my tester. Nope, it's dead. I'm like, all right, cool. So this plug and that one on the outside are on the same circuit. All right, I'm on to something now. And then I look around in the garage and I notice like all the power tools that I have plugged in, like battery chargers, uh, surge protectors, nothing has a light on it. I'm like, Wow. I have really been underutilizing my shop because nothing in here works. None of the plugs in here work. And I didn't notice that. And I don't know how long that's been the case for. When was the last time we used this thing? It's probably been close to a week. Huh? Fascinating. So anyway, <clears throat> I, uh, I go and, uh, figure it out. I'm like, okay, there's something in there and it says, uh, it says garage GFI. I'm like, all right, that is it. I guarantee that's it. So I turn the breaker off, uh, and I'm like, well, GFI, but this doesn't look like a GFI breaker. And I'm thinking like, you know, I know that there are such things as GFI breakers that have like a little reset switch on them or something like that. I'm like, huh, weird. And so I leave it off and, uh, I just verify like there's nothing else in the house that's turned off. Nope. It's all the stuff that wasn't working. That's still off. Nothing else went off from that. So then I flip it back on. I'm like, here's my triumphant moment. And yeah, nothing still works damn it. I'm like, I guess the breaker went bad. And so I'm sitting here and going through and I'm like, my wife is killing herself to get the house ready for this party. I don't really give a shit about these lights, but she does. I'm like, 
I got to make the trip to Lowe's and go get a new breaker. So it's 10 bucks, whatever. And I'm like tired. I'm still kind of sick and everything. I'm feeling way better now, by the way. So um, I'm like, whatever, I'll, I'll make the trip to Lowe's because um, I owe it. You know, it's my contribution to help get things ready here. So um, and then I'm thinking like also with all the electrical work that I've done, I hate messing around on the panel. It just it does scare me a little bit. It intimidates me. I know how it works. I still have an irrational fear and it's a little intimidating. So. Uh, I go, I get the breaker, I find it, I come back and I'm looking for the whole time. I'm like, okay, well, here's the breaker. Do they have a GFI version of this breaker or something? Like, because that's not what we have. And then I'm just thinking like, you know, clearly, you know, maybe this just isn't a GFI uh, protected circuit, even though it's supposed to be and it's labeled as such. Maybe it isn't. But I'm like, nope, I don't see any kind of a GFI breaker available for this box. So, okay, cool. So I get it and I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, can you come down here while I do this just in case I die? <laughs> And she's like, that's not funny. <laughs> like, uh, you know, sorry. Meanwhile, I'm thinking like, well, you know, I'm I'm 30% joking, but at the same time. So I shut off the, the power to the whole panel, replace the breaker, and uh, I, I install it in the off position, get it all hooked up, put it back in the panel, turn the master switch on, and then here is my triumphant thing. And I said, I, I looked to her and I said, because we've got a, a battery charger for uh, like a, a Makita 18 volt system that's plugged into the wall and it plays music uh, all the time. Like whenever you put a battery in there, or when it's done charging one, it plays music and it's really annoying. I'm like, as soon as I flip this breaker, we're going to hear some music. Click. Nothing. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> meanwhile, I'm like, I'm just thinking like, sorry, babe, we're not going to have lights. I don't know what's going on here. And, uh, uh, I just need a nap and I'm tired. And uh, then it occurs to me like, you know, all these are on the same circuit. How is this thing not GFI protected? Where is it? And then I look immediately below the panel where there's a plug-in and lo and behold, it's a GFI plug. One of those things that you see in the bathroom that you plug your hairdryer into that has the reset button. And I, it dawns on me like, as soon as I press that button, everything's going to work. I didn't need to go out to Lowe's. I didn't need to do a new breaker. I didn't need to do any of that. And so I push the button and uh, immediately like the, the battery charger starts making music and everything's fixed. I'm like, damn it. Oh, annoying moron. Uh, and then it occurs to me, what used to be plugged into this? You know, it was a cable amplifier because uh, where, the, where our internet service comes into the house is immediately on the other side of that wall. And at some point, they had installed an amplifier for the signal there, and it had to be plugged into the wall. Uh, and I'm like, well, it suddenly dawned on me, that is why our internet went out earlier in the week. And I had two days where I was without internet service because something that I did somewhere tripped that breaker and that amp stopped working, and that's when our inter internet went down. So suddenly it all started to make sense again. So, um, But at the same time, the guy from the cable company showed up, and he was like, well, you know, you don't need that amp if you, are, if you don't have cable TV, if you just have internet, which describes us perfectly. It's like, you don't need that amp. At the same time, I'm like, yeah, but eh, I think when that thing stopped working is when everything went south. So he did something to the line to, like, condition it so that it didn't need the amp, which I didn't know what he was doing, and... He was one of those surly cable guys that had that facial expression that says, if you ask me to explain anything that I'm doing right here, I might just kill you right now. Um, it's like that's been my experience with everybody with Charter Spectrum. So hands off to the new sponsor for the drop set, Charter Spectrum, for all of your cable and surly human interaction needs. 
Just kidding. They're not a sponsor. Uh, anyway, there you go. So that that's the Darren is a moron story for the week. Um, that will be a regular feature. You know, for all these regular features, I need to get some voice work done um, just and, and put together some music to like introduce them all as segments to break up the show flow a little bit. And I was thinking I would have my wife do it because she wants to do voiceover work and she uh, I could just have her record all those things. So I'd give her all the things that uh, I'd wanted to read and I know that she would get a kick out of being able to read Darren is a moron part two or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I have a feeling that she would say that with great gusto. Um, but nonetheless, she was happy to have it fixed. So regardless of whether or not I was a moron, it's the outcome that really matters there. So, um, anyway, there we go. So good times, good times, good times all around. Let's, uh, let's dig in here. What do we got that we want to talk about for this week? I don't know. We, so I did, uh, put out the call for questions. You know, what did people have? I did that on, what, Thursday of last week? We went over some of those things in rapid fire style on Friday. I figure we'll probably just hit that again here. Um, cause there's still a lot of things to go over from that list, which is, uh, which is really great. So, um, things like, well, I, I tell you what, why don't we start with Heather? Um, because Heather, what time is it right now? Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to keep my show notes going here. So I've got to make a note of the timestamp, um, for where we're at here. I was really lazy with them on Friday. I didn't do anything. Um, so Heather, who competed this last weekend, congratulations, Heather. So her very first show, this was in, oh, New Jersey. Yeah, NPC show in New Jersey. Um, and she took uh, first in junior and second in novice. And that novice class actually had six, um, which is great. So really, really good lineup. And I was looking at the lineup and, you know, for, for a first show, it's always tricky, whether you're competing in novice or open, because you're going to be up against a lot of people in novice where it's not their first show that they've been doing this for a while. And you can compete in novice until you win there. Uh, and so you'll get eventually a lot of people who will cross over from novice to open as well. So it's, it's always tough when you are, you know, in your first show, just because you don't know what to expect. Um, she did great though. We were in communication all day long, um, which I know was helpful for her, but she really had a handle on it. <laughs> At one point I commented like this show day and peak week stuff is kind of easy, isn't it? Cause it's like, she sent, she sent a couple texts to me and she's like, do I have to eat it eat again? Because I'm full. I'm like, yes, yes, you do. And isn't this a, a fun problem to have after going through prep for as long as we have? So it, embrace it because it won't always be like that. Um, but, uh, you know, from the videos that I saw, it's like I, I, I am assuming there were probably a few judges that had her or a couple judges that had her first in novice as well, just because the the woman who won novice, she was a lot bigger, but she didn't have a great shape at all. And you know, one, one thing about Heather is she's got a really, really ideal shape for figure. She's, she was doing figure. So, um, I was really happy with that. Second's great. No complaints there. And so now it's uh, now it's growing season. So I sent her an update yesterday. Um, so we're, we're off to the races on, on that phase. And typically we would check in today, but I'm going to give her a few days on that. And we're going to check in Friday this week instead. So once again, Heather, congrats, nicely done. So she was asking because clearly this was front of mind for her. Um, her topic was water or sodium manipulation during, during peak week to achieve a full hard look versus soft and flat. So yeah, water and sodium are the two things there. Uh, and also carbs would be the, the other thing there. So, um, Water and sodium are going to help. I mean, water, you, you, you manipulate water intake so that you can manipulate water retention. 
and then carbs and sodium will play into that a little bit as well. But water intake is the, the primary factor that's going to impact uh, body water retention. Now, one thing that the carbs do in addition to that is because you're still going to be retaining some water, the carbs will help pull it to where we want it to go, which is into the muscle. We want intracellular water retention, not subcutaneous water retention. You don't want that layer of water under the skin. You want it sucked into the muscles. And the carbs are what help with that. Um, but you've also got to get a little bit of a pump going as well. So none of these things uh, by themselves will do what you needed to do. It's a, it's a whole system of things that has to happen. Um, so water, I mean, what we want to do there, we want to shed as much of it as possible. So the trick there is we want to use water as a diuretic, which means basically you just drop it. Uh, you, you drink, 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 and then you drop it, uh, sometimes precipitously. And I think what a, the mistake that a lot of coaches make there is, uh, which is the, the cardinal sin of bodybuilding, which is the mindset where if we do something that makes you feel miserable, it must therefore be the most effective thing that we could do. Um, because bodybuilding is clearly all about suffering, and if you're not suffering, it's not working, which is dumb, um, because I, I want you to get up on stage and... I need you feeling pretty good when you get up there. I mean, tired, yeah. But if you're like super, super, super dehydrated, and I can tell you all the people that have that have prepped through me, prepped with me, and they've done like one show, um, and 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 only with me, and you haven't done prep from somebody else, you don't know what dehydrated is. I know that feeling where it's like, oh my god, all I want to do is drink something. Yeah, but I tell you what the way that we've depleted water, it could be a lot worse. Um, you'll find uh, plenty of coaches who are like show day, you get six ounces of water. That's all you get. I'm like, no, we need a little bit more than that. You know, <laughs> we need some, we need some, um, but we're going to manipulate water. We want you pretty dry. So we're going to spike up intake earlier in the week and then we're going to pull it down. Not ridiculously. So sodium, I usually don't add sodium deliberately. Um, but if it seems appropriate, one thing that I will do is uh, send somebody out for a burger the night before night before a show, and Heather was one that when that got that this week as well. So um, if it looks like based on what we're seeing with our carb up, um, if we're not even close to spilling over, we're not nearly as full as I want to see yet. Um, then I'm going to do that. I'm going to send you out for a burger and fries, and it's because I want the carbs. That's a good way to blast some carbs. The saturated fat is going to help hold on to things as well, and then also the sodium that we get from that is going to be useful as well. Just adding plain old sodium, it's not something that I typically want to do because, again, it's one of those things where if you're just like salting stuff and you're not accustomed to it, uh, it, it can really throw somebody's system for a little bit of a loop. Would it be effective? Yeah, but if it has you feeling suboptimal, that's not really a risk, a risk that I'm willing to take. So, um, once we've done a prep, um, once we've had a chance to experiment with some more stuff, um, then that's something that uh, is a lot easier to add in the second time, but I'm not going to put your show day at risk, um, to try and get, you know, 5% harder or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's just not worth it. It's not like it's going to completely turn the tables or anything like that. So I'd rather play it safe and be a little bit more conservative. So, um, and then carbs. So we can't have you flat up on stage. Uh, you know, what we're, what we're going for is the balloon animal aesthetic, uh, where everything is just swollen up. Um, and you get a pump and you're like, Whoa, what is this like? Because I've been depleted for the back half of my prep and I don't remember what it's like to actually have some carbs in my system. So that's kind of a good thing there. So that, that's the general idea is, you know, not too crazy with water. I like to be fairly conservative with sodium carbs are the one thing though. And it, again, so I will often start this a little bit earlier. Like you really only need carbs Thursday and Friday. 
if I'm unsure how your body is going to handle them just from a digestive perspective, um, because the, the longer you're in prep, um, the more of a wild card your digestion can become, uh, which is an indicator of a lot of things. Uh, stress and just overall body stress being one of them. I want to be a little bit more conservative with carbs. And so even though I might prefer to wait until Thursday, I'd be like, let's do a little bit of a trial run on Wednesday. Let's just throw in an extra 50 grams of carbs um, from some safe sources and see how you feel about that. And then if things feel good, great. Then we'll bring in some more on Thursday and try a more proper carb up. Um, and that's one of those things where I, I can have somebody that I feel like I've got a really good handle on them, but every prep is different. Um, and so suddenly, you know, oh, we're going into the third show. This prep has been a little bit weird. There's been a lot of personal stuff going on. It's just been a little bit more difficult overall. And suddenly, you know, we throw in some carbs and your body's like, no, I'm not having it. And you just swell up in not a good way. Um, you get constipated and everything just seems to be holding in on your gut. Uh, not a good thing. Not a good thing. And it's one of those things where, yeah, doing this and trying to follow some kind of a formula just doesn't work. Um, you've got to be able to listen to somebody, kind of try and predict and understand what's what's going to happen and then know how to interpret the cues from what actually does happen. So uh, it, uh, it can be tricky at times, but it's all good. It's all good. So, uh, Heather, thank you for that. Very good. Um, what else do we have here? we got a bunch, but there we go. Um Dan Tulpa, Dan underscore Tulpa from Instagram had a question here. Uh, rest day macros and calories. Do you up calories and carbs the day before leg day? Great question. So, um, Dan, uh, I think you know what the answer for this is going to be, right? Right? I mean, I, I'm fairly predictable at this stage. Yeah? I mean, I, I feel I feel like I sh I'm, I'm fairly predictable anyway. Um, yeah, it, uh, it depends. It depends. Uh, so... Some of the considerations on that, however, so um, it depends on, well, it depends on a lot of factors. Depends on, you know, how lean are or aren't you? Um, what direction are we trying to go? Are we trying to lean out? Are we trying to grow? How many rest days a week do we have? Is it one day, two, four? Um, so some, some considerations, let me throw out some hypothetical examples here. We're in prep, we're cutting Calories are already low. Um, I think there is typically value on a rest day of having things a little bit lower. Not necessarily always a lot lower. Um, it also depends on your job. Um, you know, if you have a physically demanding job, yeah, your calories are going to be lower um, on, on a rest day probably. But, you know, you're going to be burning more. So it's not like they're going to be 900 or something like that. You know, maybe something more like 1500 represents a low day. Um, also, do you work, uh, are you a, for example, what are you an anesthesiologist, a respiratory therapist, um, a surgeon or something like that? Um, I, I can't have you being all brain fogged on your rest day. And it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, we've got a prep, but I need to make sure you don't kill people at the same time. So, uh, you might sacrifice a little bit of conditioning for something like that. If you are in a job where you've got to be on it, uh, you know, and I think, I think we all do to some degree, but for most of us, if we're a little bit off and we're like not quite on top of our game, nobody's going to die. But if you are one of those people, if you're a, a heavy equipment operator, something like that, 
yeah, I mean, I can't have you falling asleep during the day. So uh, that's another consideration. So <laughs> it's not necessarily always beneficial to drop things down and try to increase the deficit on a rest day. You still got to have enough that you can function there. Uh, so it, it, it does kind of depend. I, I do like um, to bring down our carbs a little bit. And sometimes um, just just to really, really shake up the uh, the glycogen storage system a little bit. Some days I'll drop our carbs way down. Like if, if a normal day is 150, I might drop them all the way down to 50 on a rest day. But also probably increase protein a little bit just so we're not getting a, dr- a straight drop of 400 calories um, on your rest day. That's 100 grams worth of carbs. Um, so we're not going to bring protein up by 100, but bring it up by a little bit, like maybe an extra 30 grams to offset some of that. So um, it plays around with energy systems a little bit. That can be useful. Uh, and sometimes it'll be less of a precipitous drop. Um, what I, I do find is throughout prep, if we start fairly subtle there, like, okay, uh, we'll have your, your carbs at X, and then we'll bring your carbs down to 85% of X on a rest day or something like that. And then maybe we throw in a high day as well where it's 15% above X. So we just get a nice little 15% swing in either direction. Um, what I do like to do is play around with those percentages a little bit uh, as we get deeper and deeper into prep so that we have lower lows and higher highs. And maybe the highs become a little less frequent as well. Um, another thing is if our calorie intake drops precipitously on rest days, I don't think there's a whole lot of value in doing that frequently. Um, like if you are having a day, a week where whatever reason, let's say it's a, you're, you're taking a trip out of town or something like that, you're going to stick to the diet, but you got to take a few days off from the gym. I don't necessarily want you operating at rest day macros for all of those days just because I don't want you know, three days in a row where you're operating operating on 75% of your usual intake. It's too much. It's not useful necessarily. It'd be more useful to have your calories up a little bit even on a rest day. Um, now, do you up calories or carbs the day before leg day? Well, it depends on when you train. If you train in the morning, maybe. If you train later in the day, no, I would have you increase them on that day. Um, but it, it depends. So, let me answer something more generally rather than upping calories or carbs the day before a leg day. Would you up your calories or carbs the day before training a weak part? Now, for a lot of people, that may be legs, but it may be shoulders for you. Um, yeah, I think I think there's sense in that um, during a, a growth phase specifically. You know, during a, a cut. Uh, I, you know, I, I like having a, a higher day just for sake of having a higher day and okay, we might as well pair it with a, a, a hard training day, but it's not like you're going to be building muscle on a cut. So, uh, in, in most cases, so uh, the, I don't think there's a, a tremendous amount of value in, in trying to like, okay, we've really got to up the intensity on this day because it's a weak spot. Like we're just trying to retain muscle, you know, we're not trying to build it at this point. So, um, but during the growth phase, yeah, I think there could be a, a lot of, uh, a lot of value in that for sure. Uh, especially for, for a weak spot specifically, not just legs because, oh, it's legs, it's a hard day, but you know, if they're a weakness, yeah, but not everybody's weakness is legs. And so I, I would rather have our high days go where we need them. You know, it's, it's like the philosophy that, uh, uh, I I read about when designing your home office, which is spend your money where you spend your time, which I live by that philosophy a whole lot, uh, which is why I have a really nice chair because <laughs> I spend, you know, half of my waking hours in this chair. So, yeah, it's a nice chair. Hell, yeah. So spend your calories where you need them 
or, or on the days where you need them. And for, you know, that's going to be your, your weak spots there, but uh, that's good. So, I mean, really it, it, it depends for sure. It really and truly does. But generally speaking, yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of value in that theory uh, for the most part. So good question there, Dan. Thank you for that. What's our time span right now? We're at 2755 roughly. Great. Okay. So this is a question that comes from Emily. Thank you, Emily. Um, and uh, hers was concerning PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, have I had clients who have this? Yeah, absolutely. I have a sister-in-law who has that as well. So um, as the name implies, this is a uh, syndrome where you develop cysts on your ovaries. So therefore, of course, it's exclusively for women. Sorry, guys, this is not for you. Um, but you can listen anyway because you might learn something. Um, so uh, PCOS... Uh, without getting into the why or the what or anything like that, but just addressing Emily's question specifically. Uh, Have I had clients who have had that? Yes, yes. So what are the considerations here? Well, the considerations are entirely dietary. Um, what, what you need, and, and, you know, this is not, there's not a direct correlation here. There's an indirect correlation, but it's not, well, let's dig into it. You, you, for when it comes to PCOS, you would want to treat that like you would a type two diabetic. Um, because, uh, PCOS impacts your insulin production and it can impact your propensity for insulin resistance as well. Um, and therefore those with PCOS are more prone to being overweight just because that is a direct impact, uh, a direct impact of having PCOS, uh, is, uh, it can really impact your insulin production levels, your insulin resistance, and therefore weight gain comes with that as well. So, um, if you, it, Basically, what you want to do with PCOS is eat like you're a type 2 diabetic, which means, yeah, even if you are trying to grow, um, like let's say, I think, what is it? I I think uh, it was about, the statistics show about 50% of those with PCOS are overweight or obese. Um, Which, how does that compare with the general population? I mean, it's a little bit more, but it's, it's not like... Oh, if you have PCOS, you're going to be overweight, like 50%, 50-50 chance. Um, and uh, it's not necessarily something that is, uh, I mean, it's it's addressable. You know, it, it's something that you can do something about. Uh, but it, it really does take some dietary considerations. And the main one is carbohydrates. So, um, you know, you need to, you know... It, you need to have your diet constructed as though you are, are type two. Now also uh, with PCOS, you may be type two as well. I mean, they're, they're, the, the risk of that is certainly higher here, um, but limit your carbohydrate intake. That's what it comes down to, which does not mean you need to be rocking a massive caloric deficit all the time. Higher protein, higher fat intake. You don't need to go in ketosis and be there all the time. You can, it's certainly an option. It is for everybody. Um, it depends on how you feel when you're in ketosis, how realistic and sustainable it is. I don't find that that is because what you're talking about here is also something that is a long-term diet. It's not like you're going to go into ketosis for the last 10 or 12 weeks of your prep. It's like, no, we're talking long-term here. So I don't find that that's really a sustainable option for most people. So a lower moderate carb approach is going to be better. A higher fiber approach is going to be better as well um, because that can have a positive impact on uh, your, on the, likelihood of insulin resistance if you if you co- concentrate on a higher fiber diet. So you've got to you got to take your digestion into consideration there because there's certainly an upper limit for a lot of people on how effective fiber can be. Um, and you know if you go really high like 40 50 grams suddenly you might not be looking at positive uh, 
positive outcomes for your digestive system. (laughs) Certainly, there's a sweet spot for everybody, and that can certainly take a lot of people out of that. But yeah, the main dietary consideration there is just managing your carbohydrate intake and not going too crazy with it. So um, you you can still get some in, but you've got to understand the uh, ability for... uh, significantly elevated insulin production and possibly resistance is there. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think if you have PCOS that you're gonna, if you're trying to grow, you're going to have a lot of positive outcomes. If you are trying to rock three to 400 grams of carbs a day, I think you're going to find yourself just putting on body fat faster that way. You know, your, your training intensity still does absolutely have a, uh, an impact on that, but, uh, th- there are other considerations too. So let's do another one here. And this still does not come close to finishing out the list, but uh, I'm kind of excited about that more than anything else. What's our timestamp here? 32, 28. Exciting. All right. Lorenzo. Uh, hey Lorenzo, how you doing? He had a couple of questions. I want to address one of those here because uh, the second one that he had is probably going to be a full segment, um, maybe uh, in a week or so. So we'll get to that. Um, and, and he talked about what what his uh, his little nugget here for um, discussion was balancing family and work with the tunnel vision that is really necessary to be an effective bodybuilder, and that is challenging. That is hard. That is a really hard thing to do. So the first thing that I want to do is just acknowledge that, acknowledge the difficulty in that. Um, it is really challenging. And for a lot of people, you know, if you don't have a swole mate, um, this is what it comes down to. And if you do have a swole mate, great, more power to you. It is not a requirement. Um, if, if anything, it's just, it gives you a little lower degree of difficulty, um, because you've got somebody that understands your goals because they're also their goals. Okay, cool. Um, at the same time, I've known a lot of people in those situations where their bad tendencies tend to impact the other person. Um, just because, you know, being a good bodybuilder is hard. And when you're, you know, especially if you're living with somebody, um, you know, that, what what I really see in a lot of you know swole mates or or couples who are together and 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 lifting together as well, um, sometimes I mean they can really really empower each other and it's a really good thing. I'm thinking of uh, a husband and wife client that I have, Abby and Cody, who are just absolutely awesome and uh, they really really. And they, they dig in harder, I think, because of what the other is doing. And they're just, you know, no nonsense, all business all the time, and they're awesome. I've known a lot of people, a lot of couples, ho- whoever, ho- who really, really struggle with um, consistency. Um, I don't know if consistency is the right word. Uh, well, let me just come out and say it, and then I'll walk this back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably overstate things here a little bit. Um, but they really give each other eating disorders. Uh, just because they have that, uh, you know, that, that cheat meal mentality and they do it together. And so then it becomes a contest of who can cheat the hardest. And, uh, and eventually, I mean, it just becomes binge eating for the sake of binge eating. And then before you know it, it's, it's eating disorder land. So it's probably overstating things a little bit, but I've seen that happen many times. Um, uh, so if you don't have that, so if you've got, you know, a spouse, kids who sure they're supportive but their your goals are not their goals um and so if you start to get too deep and down into the bunker of bodybuilding where you've got to hang out where, where you really feel like you have to hang out in order to be productive 
they're going to call you out on it. And your wife or your husband is going to be like, hey, 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 I, I need you here. You're absent. Um, and you know what? If you hear something like that, you there is one initial response. Um, and then you have to sell yourself on believing it. That initial response is, you're right, I'm sorry. That needs to be a reflex. If somebody tells you that, it's because that's been the case for a while. Uh, and they're just now to the point where they're telling you. And so you have, you have crossed a line and now you've got to walk yourself back from it a little bit and you've got to, you know, have a, a very clear, here's, here's the thing. And this is where, you know, you might, maybe if anybody is struggling with this right now, take this segment and bookmark it and let them listen to it because it's also good to understand like when you are that person that is being called out, like, Hey, I need you here. I need help. Uh, you know, you, you're, you know, you have obligations at home or maybe at work or whatever, um, that, that are not being met. That doesn't mean you've got to stop everything that you're doing, but it is really, really easy to become hyper fixated and just overly focused on what you're doing in a bodybuilding world and not realize necessarily that you aren't hitting those responsibilities elsewhere. So um, to the spouse or whom, whomever who is calling out your loved one, who is uh, you know really deep into the weeds on bodybuilding, just understand that it's one of those things where th- they likely get sucked in a little bit and then a little bit more and a little bit more. And before they know it, they don't necessarily realize that their behavior has changed all that much. Um, and so it, it's your job then in calling them out and, and being, you know, you know, firm, but you know, understanding and what you need to understand is, okay, they're not doing this because, you know, they, uh, they don't love their family or anything like that. They're, they're doing this because, you know, they're focused on a goal and it's really easy. To, I mean, you know, we can all relate to things where, you know, we've seen this before. None of this is necessarily healthy, but it's very human just to get overly fixated on something, whatever it is. Have you ever been so sucked into a game that you realize like, Oh shit, it's 1130. It's two hours past my bedtime. What, what happened here? What, where did the time go? Or sucked in on anything, any kind of a hobby or anything like that, where you just, you know, you just get disconnected from the outside world a little bit. Well, the, the problem there is, is bodybuilding really is kind of an all day thing. You know, you're, you're always engaging in something that's relating to it. Meal prep, eating something, cooking, going to the gym, you know, planning your next day, getting your, your gym bag squared away for the following day, whatever. There's always something going on. So it becomes really easy to always be on that precipice um, where you're like, you're at the risk for, uh, of, of doing something like that and putting something else off. So um, it's important to have this conversation. If you are, if you're in this place, you're like, Hey, and and that conversation happens where somebody says, Hey, I need you here. You are absent. Uh, the, the, the thing that's needed here is a level of understanding on both sides. So, um, the bodybuilder in this scenario, reflexively, you need to say, you're right. I'm sorry. And then you need to follow up that, follow that up with how can I fix this? Where do you need me? And then the other person in that conversation, the one who is, uh, feeling, feeling the pull, feeling the burden of this, uh, this absence, you need to be understanding that that's a legit question. And it's not because they're not paying attention or because they're, they don't care or anything like that, but just because, you know, they, they've, 
they've been too deep into the weeds and you're going to pull them back out. And there's that period where it's like when you're in the dark for a long time and then somebody turns on the lights and you can't see anything. It's like that there's an adjustment period that has to happen there. And so what you've just done with this conversation is turn the lights on and they, they suddenly realize like, Oh man, I've been in the dark this whole time. I can't see what have I been missing? It's kind of like that. Um, so I think a level of communication um, like that is is really essential and understand also that as far as a relationship like a couple's relationship goes where one person is into this and the other one is not it can be a little bit of a learning curve on both sides of the equation to really understand how this can work together how responsibilities can be shared um, and to learn how to communicate in that way but you know honestly if you can do that your relationship is going to be better for it um and, you know, I, I've heard people that have, have said things like, hey, I, you know, I, I can't balance this with my work and family. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm missing them. Well, don't give up. I mean, you know, here, here's the thing. When you set a goal, see it through. But then just understand, like, if you go a thousand percent in, maybe that isn't what you need to do. Maybe you just go a hundred percent in or 85 percent of the way in. Um but don't don't throw it away uh, just because it, it's kind of like, you know, I, this relates to me, um, picking up drumsticks. You don't play like John Bonham within a week. Do you give up? No. I mean, it's practice. And bodybuilding is one of those things that takes practice. It, it's, it, it really is. I mean, everything about it is a skill that has to be developed, including things like how do you meal prep? How do you balance this? I mean, just understand, I think part of, of developing that balance and how to do it correctly is understanding that it's a skill. And one of the big underlying things that it relies on is communication. And I think as soon as you realize that, it becomes a lot less intimidating and a lot more doable. Uh, so that that is where I would I would really recommend is just have that frank conversation with somebody. And maybe as you start embarking on a journey like this, just say it right up front, like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, I I love you. We're in this together. Um, I'm starting this thing. It can be a little consuming, and I just need you to be comfortable with telling me. And I don't intend for this to happen. Um, but Darren told me this on his podcast, and Darren is fucking brilliant, and he's never wrong about anything ever, except if it concerns his electrical panel." apparently. But other than that, he's never wrong about anything. And what he said is that we should have a conversation about this just so that you know, and you need to be comfortable in telling me if I'm missing out on anything, if there's anything that I'm not doing here. Um, and, uh, I'm not going to try and make that happen, but I just need you to know, Darren says it's a very real possibility. So I don't know. I don't think so. I think this might be one case where he's wrong because you know what? I'm kind of a badass. I'm a good dad or I'm a good mom or I'm a good employee or whatever. Um, and uh, I know I can do it, but uh, apparently he says it's still a possibility. So I need you to feel comfortable in telling me if I'm, if I'm not pulling my weight on anything or if you need more help or whatever. Um, so I think just having a conversation like that can be helpful, um, you know, or, or some version of that. You don't necessarily have to uh, make it all about me. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily going to help your cause too much. Um, other than your wife is going to be like, yeah, stop right there. I think you've already lost it because whoever this Darren guy is, he's probably a tool and he sounds a little bit like a cult leader, actually. And I think you should stop listening to that podcast 
podcast, and I think uh, we're we're gonna cut off your internet access for a while. So, and that would probably be a fair response, realistically. So, yeah, leave leave me out of it. I don't think that's gonna help your cause any. So, um, okay, so that that was really good, Lorenzo. I appreciate that. So, um, you did have that other topic, and we're gonna be coming to that um, shortly here. Uh, that's all I got for today. I'm going to, I'm going to call it here at about the 45 minute mark. So, um, once again, I appreciate everybody listening. I did a really good job last Friday of posting the episode and actually including the link in my post. So it went live in the morning. It may actually happen again today. Oh my God. Right. I know. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of on a roll here. Um, I do have this thing where I got an email here the other day where, what is it? Oh, shoot. It left. Oh, no. I, I filed the email away because I kept the link open. I got this um, thing from my Google search console. So this is, you know, t- Tales in Business Ownership Part 2. Um, that might be the segment. That might be the name for that recurring segment. Should we do like a fake voiceover? No, I'm not going to bother. Um, Tales in Business Ownership Part 2. So I got an email from the team at the Google search console saying that I have mobile usability issues on my website that need to be addressed. Um, And so apparently I have pages on my website that have three issues. Um, Text is too small to read. I have clickable elements that are too close together and I have content wider than the screen. And I'm like, okay, so I click on each of those and they all, um, excuse me, they all reference the same page. Um, which is like, uh, you know, it's, it's like a, a category page for, for blog posts. Uh, so if somebody clicks on posts by category and then podcast, which I don't even know if that's, if there's a link that would let you click on that, but apparently this is the page that's being referenced and what makes it different from other category pages. I have no idea at all. Um, and how do I fix this? I have absolutely no clue, no clue at all. Um, so I don't know. I'll figure it out. So tales in business ownership. Here we go. Ugh, boy, this is the this is the crappy part of running your own business. Like, oh, really? Mobile usability report issues. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Also, I, I would love to have somebody on payroll that I could just ask, how much do I care about this? Does this matter? Is this really going to impact my site? The answer, knowing Google, is probably, yeah. If they find something on your site that they don't like, then it's going to hurt you in your search rankings. So, ugh. Ugh, he says, all caps, U-G-H. Ugh. God. Anyway, there we go. I'm done. I will stop rambling. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Appreciate it as always. I'll be back on Friday. Hope everybody has a fantastic week. 